All right, welcome to episode one of Anxious Tradeswoman podcast. So my name is Louise as a party and I am your host. I will be sharing all the things that I've learnt through the years, through the tears of being an anxious tradeswoman. And in episode one, I'm going to just share a bit about who I am. So one of the things, if you guys follow me on social media, I did a post last week about throwing perfectionism in the bin because really that's what I've had to do by coming on and doing this podcast. Like I have overthought it so often and I'm just like, no, we are going to get started and we are going to talk into that microphone and we're going to share the knowledge. So I'll get into it. So my <laughs> All right. So I'm a heavy vehicle and plant mechanic by trade. So I started my apprenticeship in 2012 at Cummins in Wetherill Park. I was 15 when I started my apprenticeship. I knew school was not for me really early on, tried to leave in year seven, but my parents wouldn't have it. So then from there, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? I need a job to then be able to leave at the end of year 10. And for those of you who are international listeners, I am from Sydney, Australia as well. So I'm when I reference my apprenticeship, it's obviously the Australian version of the apprenticeship. I know all over the world we've got kind of different apprenticeships running and I'll probably do an episode about all the apprenticeships all over the world and have some of you guys on. But yes, I'm in Australia. So I was 15, started my apprenticeship. I found my apprenticeship at an apprenticeship expo. expo where I had three conversations that changed my life. So the first conversation was really short and sharp. The guys were like, at the stand were like, we wouldn't let our daughters do this. We wouldn't want you, well, we wouldn't let our daughters work at this workshop and we wouldn't want you to work there either. I later found out that male apprentices had been sexually harassed there. So I got out of that one. The second conversation was more of a lecture So it was this guy lecturing me and my dad about how I couldn't be a mechanic, how I was too small, how I wouldn't be able to move the bikes around. At the time, I was looking at being a motorcycle mechanic. So I left that conversation so disheartened, but my parents kept walking me through the expo and then I met Sarah. So Sarah at the time was a first year heavy vehicle mechanic. She was working at Cummins. And she was the same height as me, the same build as me. And at the time we were both blonde. So changed a few times since then. But she encouraged me to do work experience at her work. I did. I loved it. I applied for the job and I ended up getting the job. I wasn't, I didn't believe that I was going to get the job just because of some of the things they told me. They're like, oh, we want someone who has their license, who is finishing year 12 kind of thing and I was like well they're all facts that I can't change about myself so I kind of forgot about it and when they called me and told me that I got the job I was like oh what job what are you talking about anyway so I ended up getting that job started my apprenticeship in 2012 fresh face straight out of high school so you could imagine being a woman entering in a male dominated trade and I was 15 I was still didn't even know who I was so went into the trades I Remember the first time that I walked into TAFE, so another tidbit for your international peoples. So TAFE is our technical college over here, or TAFE is the main technical college over here. It's the public system, pretty much for technical training. 
So I remember walking into TAFE and I could hear the sounds of the men. They were, I wouldn't even call them men, they were boys, talking and laughing in the classroom as I walked around the corner, like walked through the corridor. When I stepped into the classroom, everything just went silent and everyone was staring at me and like you could kind of tell what they were thinking from the looks on their faces. We've all been there. I'll probably do a whole episode on that. But I was thinking, did your parents teach you to shower regularly? Like these guys were grubby and it was Monday morning and we were in class. So that aside, I take my seat. The teacher comes in and starts marking names with a roll and he's like, Curtis, Luke, Michael, Adrian. And then he pauses and he's like, Lois. And I'm like, I just raise my hand quietly and I'm like, it's Louise, sir. I had a really, really great relationship with my TAFE peers and my TAFE teachers up until I was a third year apprentice. So when I was a third year, we were in class after the TAFE awards night. Um, I had previously gotten an award in the first year of my apprenticeship and I had just gotten an award in at the recent awards night, recent from that day. And I told my TAFE peers and they were not happy. They did not, like, I didn't expect them to be that unhappy about me winning an award. It was really unexpected. And they just started going at the teacher, like, why did she get another award? Are you guys just showing off the girls? Like, is this all just rigged? Do we have a chance? And it went on for about 10 minutes. And I don't remember exactly what the outcome was. I'm pretty sure the teacher ended up putting them in their place. But the damage had been done. I, from that moment, I really just went through every opportunity that I had gotten in my life and was thinking, did I only get this opportunity just because I'm a girl? Did I deserve any of this? Did I get my job because I was a girl? Did I get these awards because I was a girl? Did I get these opportunities to speak at schools and speak at expos just because I was a girl? And let's be honest, some of them were like women in events and encouraging girls. So yes, those opportunities were because I was a woman speaking to other girls. But just going back to the basics, like did I get my job because I was a girl, not because I deserved it? And I ran this filter through pretty much everything I did then from that moment. And I just put my head down, ass up, and I was working as hard as I possibly could to prove that I was getting these opportunities because I was good, not because of my gender. I ended up pretty much working myself into the ground. But before I hit rock bottom of exhaustion, I was put forward to compete in the regional world skills competition by my mentor, Raman. Um, Me and Raman actually have a podcast that's on YouTube called Let's Talk Apprenticeships. So He's the one who employed me as an apprentice first up, but he also put me forward to compete in the regional world skills competition. So the world skills competition is pretty much like the Olympics for tradies. It's run regionally, nationally and internationally. And it's run in about 60 different categories. And, you know, if you're in um, in the US, I'm pretty sure it's called um, Skills US or USA Skills. Um, And then it's in Canada and it's all over the world. Um, So wherever you are, you'll be able to find it. So 2015, I was put forward to compete in the regional competition. And at this point in time, my highest achievement that I thought I would be able to achieve 
and I had told myself I was like I will be happy if I don't come last and I succeeded I come second which was amazing I got this lovely photo of me sitting on the podium and the guy who's in third place just does not look impressed whatsoever but anyway so I didn't come last so I was very very happy First place automatically goes to the national competition and because I didn't come first, I didn't get that automatic pathway there. So I, you know, asked around a little bit and some people were like, oh yeah, you know, there might be a spot for you at the national competition if some places don't run their competition or don't have a representative. So I ended up getting put forward to compete in the national competition and I got selected to compete in it. And in 2016, when I was training for the competition, I was like, none of this second bullshit, I'm going to win this. And I did two skill sets, which were like short courses. I did it in mobile plant and auto electrical just to really broaden my skills to be able to have the best shot at success that I could. Um, I ended up also getting a part-time job and I was working, I was training And a few months, I don't even know if it was a few months, it might have been a month before the national competition, I had been going through some bullying and stuff at my workplace where I did my apprenticeship and my part-time job was amazing. The job that I I was working on Saturdays there and I really, really loved it and the boss of the part-time job knew kind of that I was having a bit of a rough go there. And he asked me one day, he's like, oh, Louise, how, like, how was work this week? And I was like, actually, about that, do you have a full-time job for me? Um, and he went and spoke to his wife about it. And a few weeks later, I started working for them. So just before I went into the national competition, I had moved workplaces. And it was the best thing that I ever did. So I then went into the national competition from there. I was the first female to win the National Heavy Vehicle Competition. Um, I was also the first female to compete in the National Heavy Vehicle Competition. So it was such an amazing experience. And really just after all that self-doubt, all that imposter syndrome, just wondering if I had gotten this opportunity because I was a girl, I was like, this is marked on, you know, people are marking this. This is a technical thing. Um, There's no way that the bias could have come into it. oh, that's what I chose to believe anyway. and But it was still kind of something for me to process. I then ended up um, competing in the international competition in Abu Dhabi in 2017, where I placed fourth in the competition. Um, I got a medallion of excellence. It was such an amazing experience. And I'll probably go in a little bit more of that in detail a bit later on. But anyway, So competed in nationals, internationals, burnt myself out after internationals. I was working, I was working full time, I was helping um, teach classes at a women's shed, I was speaking at different events, encouraging, motivating other women and just people in general to join the trades and the opportunities that it given me and I was trying to have a life um, and I just, I couldn't move, like it felt like I was moving through water. I was so exhausted. Like that's how it felt every day. And I ended up taking four months off working full time. I then decided to come back into the workforce as a trainer and assessor. So I was teaching mechanics. So did my cert for training and assessment, which is what you got to do over here in Australia to 
become a trainer and assessor pretty much to teach technically and I taught technically full-time for two years it was an amazing experience I taught apprentices first to third years I taught trade upgrades so people who were converting um, from one qualification to another and it was so amazing and just really all the conversations that I had with the students being able to help and support them so from there I ended up well I, there was a situation where I got pretty angry uh, just because some of the girls were having a really hard time and the business kept saying that they supported women but the issues that these girls were having they were solvable but they weren't doing anything about it and I was quite disappointed and that's when I decided to go out on my own so in 2021, I left full-time work and I started my business called Louise as a party training and development solutions. And the main purpose of my business is to support tradeswomen and tradies through all the crap that we go through. And not only just to support, but to give you solutions that allow you to create change for yourself and for the workplace and for the culture and for you to pass on to other people. So ultimately now I do keynote speaking, I'm now doing this podcast, (laughs) it's kind of surreal but anyway, speaking, coaching, so I do one-on-one coaching for tradeswomen and tradies and I also run professional development workshops. So that's a bit about me and you know who I am and really the reason why I want to do this podcast and will be doing, excuse me, will be doing this podcast is because I want to share all the things that I've learned through the tears with you. So you don't have to. The amount of times that I was crying on the way home in my car, like, and, you know, since deciding to become a life coach and a mentor for tradeswomen and tradies, I've also gone through my diploma of life coaching and I'm doing my master practitioner in life coaching as well. So really getting these professional development tools and techniques out to you guys who are working on the floor so you can make real change for yourselves and in the culture it's really what I am passionate about and I could probably tell you over and over again how passionate I am but I will leave this episode here so thank you so much for listening to episode one of the anxious tradeswoman podcast it's it's surreal like honestly I cannot believe it but I will be recording some more episodes for you guys. Um, So if you're listening to this on the release date, I'm releasing four episodes at once. So I will jump on and record those and I will sit here or you'll hear me in a minute. Thank you.